Welcome to Falcons Drip, your go-to source for Falcons news and draft coverage. I'm Thon Ray, founder and voice of Falcons Drip. I wanted to start off today by thanking everyone for joining us for episode one. I'm excited to get this journey going. Um, as always, I'm joined by Ferg and Jeff, my co-hosts. So, uh, Ferg, how you doing? Jeff, what's going on? How you guys doing? I'm doing good. It's been a long week, but I'm excited to get into this. And, you know, it, I was doing pretty well, but let's talk about the elephant in the room. Julio Jones is no longer a member of the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, certainly an elephant. Maybe an 800-pound <laughs> gorilla. Um, I, I gotta say this, I gotta say this for the Titans. I'm excited. I really am. I'm excited for the Titans. I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent when it comes to the Falcons. I feel like, you know, I've said in prior podcasts, uh, I feel like Julio had his time and I think he's beginning the downward trend. I really do. He's still a top receiver in the league. He's still going to produce for another year two, maybe, but doubtfully three. I think the Falcons made the right decision. I would have liked to see him get a little bit more out of it, but if well, let's talk about what did they get out of it exactly. Maybe elaborate there. So, so Atlanta got a second for next year, a fourth for in two years, and they're giving a sixth in two years, and they're freeing up a ton of cap space um, because it rolled over to June first. Atlanta is going to have to pay. Seven million this year to Julio, fifteen million next year to Julio, and then they're free, and the Titans take the rest of that cap hit, which is like fifty million to the Titans. I think because you mentioned it, maybe you could explain to us the place and importance of freeing up cap space. So Atlanta right now is just, we're we were so tight on cap, cap, we literally didn't even have a million dollars to spend, and we hadn't signed our free agents or our. Uh, our rookie draft class. Wow. Yet. So we needed we needed to free up at least about seven million for that. Um, and by doing this trade, we now freed up fifteen million for this year. So we are going to be able to sign everyone, and then we have a couple of options. We can either go out and maybe sign one big named free agent. We can maybe go out and sign a couple of smaller named free agents, um, and we can also kind of they allow a little bit of cap rollover from year to year. Um, and we are in a little bit of even next year, like we're we're high on the we're high on cap because Matt Ryan, Deion Jones, uh, Jake Matthews, Grady Jarrett, um, they're all taking a huge cap at because we extended a lot of these guys so many times um, and just kind of like kept pushing it off. That next year we're still going to need cap, so this helps us next year as well. Okay, okay, all right, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I look. I, I again. I just want to say that um, to reiterate, my position is that I think it was a good play or a good move. Excuse me. Um, I think it frees up a lot of space for Ridley to uh, for Ridley to perform and show us what he's made of, right? And you know, I also think. I mean, look at our draft class. You know, I think that Kyle Pitts. It's going to give him an opportunity to you know, make that immediate impact that I've referred to in the past, which he needs to make. He needs to make an immediate impact. And we know he can play on a high level. He can play under pressure. It's just perfect. It's perfect. When you have a guy that you know can do that, why not give him open pasture, right? Let him go. Here's here's kind of what you do to the team, though, is by eliminating Julio, if you want to win this year. If you didn't want to win this year, then you should have got rid of Matt and Julio, Matt Ryan. But 
this is kind of what you do is now you're sitting there and you're taking this elite wide receiver, whether he's, you know, on the decline or not, he's still elite. And you're banking on everybody else has to step up. But not one like you can't fill Julio Jones' shoes with one person. Right. That's a good point. So now you need Kyle Pitts to step up. You need Russell Gage to step up. You need all the other receivers to, to step up. You need your running backs to step up. You need your line to step up. And if everybody can step up, then we'll be fine. But you're asking a lot of people to do to do so, that. And you're relying on a lot of different What do you people. guys think? What does that mean this year, right? Being that we have all these different variables in the you know, positional var- – you know, I, I'm, I'm making an analogy, uh, variables being – positions that need to make an impact where they need to play at a higher level, I guess, than they have played in the past in order to make up for the loss of Julio Jones, right? So what does that mean for this year? I mean, what kind of year do you guys think it's going to be? So I actually think by losing Julio, we go from someone who can like a team. I really think our, this team that we had, if you have added Julio Jones, you're fighting for the NFC South. You're competing with the Bucks. You're competing to get, you know, possibly be getting a uh, like the divisional to, to winning the mm. division and it would it would be tough because our, we don't know what the defense is going to look like to now i think we're competing to try and make the playoffs i think we can make the playoffs i think we should make the playoffs but you guys are i mean we're in a really tough division guys you know the nfc south that's yeah. a, it's a gladiator yeah. pit Panthers are on the rise. The Saints, everyone Bucks. likes to count them out because they lost Drew Brees, but Sean Payton's a yeah. wizard. And Jameis can sling it. It's, it's yeah. not like... I agree, Jeff. I agree, man. If there's a coach that's going to get he's him right, He's a drama too, queen, it's... right, and he's a head case, but... Sean Payton. He, he's going to score. Reason. He might throw 20 to 30 picks, but he will score points. He's got, And he's, you know what? He's got, uh, he's got weapons all around him. That's the great thing I think about James's uh, position. I mean, this isn't the Saints podcast, but we're talking about it. James's position, um, you know, just as a player, he's got so many weapons around him, and that's what you need yeah. if you're and a good defense, hundred percent. So, so that that we go from competing for the division to, in my opinion, now competing to get one of the wild card spots, which we can still do. I don't think, I don't think we needed Julio Jones. It was just like a luxury. Right, I, there's no reason we can't beat some of these same teams if everybody steps up. Yeah. So we're putting a lot, you put a lot more pressure on everybody else, and um, I was kind of I was looking at it, and I was kind of looking at quarterback stats, and Matt Ryan's quarterback rating when Julio Jones is on the field and when he's off the field is about like 17 point difference. Guys, but being better, sorry, being better when he's on the field. And then you take, you take, um, when you look at Arthur Smith, and the only thing I could really compare it to is I went back and I looked at uh, Marcus Mariota before Arthur Smith took over, and then the nine, I think it was like nine games after, and like looked at that QBR, and he all he bumped up Marcus Mariota seventeen points. So I think by adding, so if you look at it that way, by adding Arthur Smith and taking away Julio. We should be right, right. Matt Ryan should be right where he is. Like it kind of neutralizes itself. Sure. Now you're banking on Kyle Pitts doing what tight ends almost never do. You're banking on Ridley stepping up, Gage stepping up, the run game being a factor. So, mm. like I said, it's just a, it's a, it's a risk. You don't have any, you don't have, any, no one has any wiggle room. Right. Right. 
Yeah, I, I, uh, gosh, man, I wish I knew uh, more about, you know, like uh, some of the top prospects for next year's draft class. I understand that's probably a different podcast, but uh, we could go down a rabbit hole with that. But, um, yeah, th- what a perfect segue it would be into that, right? Just to discuss, hey, if this year, like you said, we're probably going to be fighting for a playoff spot, what are, you know, what are we going to need? I wish I had a crystal ball. I wish I could see into the future, right? Well, I, I think <laughs> if you look at it that way, if they make the playoffs, you're probably looking at a completely different position than if they don't. That's a really good if point. If they don't, I have to imagine Matt Ryan's on the trade block and they're looking at quarterback potentially, depending on where they end up. Why do you say that, Jeff? Why do you say Matt Ryan is on the trade block if they don't make the playoffs? Because they already semi-started the rebuild by jettisoning Julio. That's a good point. But, but Matt Ryan's it, a QB, man. Matt Ryan's got plenty. You know, Matt got, Ryan's got plenty of time left, I think. It just depends. I feel like you just never know anymore. Like, he could be like Tom Brady and go to 43. But um, you cannot but bank on somebody being Tom Brady. That's, that's a very good yeah. point. How old a, is he now? Even Matt? Yeah. 36. Oh, right. wow. He's that yeah. I was thinking he, he was yeah. like 34. Even yeah. a, even if he was 34, it's still, once you're in your 30s, there's only a small select group of quarterbacks that have been, I mean, they're all more recent. But hmm. So I want to bring us back to just the, the value, and I want to discuss that a little bit. And the fan in me, it was like trading Julio Jones – Literally, he, we could have given him a first, and I never would have felt worth it because of what he's done for this organization. But when you look at just the market value and just kind of talk it through, like, so Julio Jones is on the wrong side of 30. He's had injury history in the past. He did the whole thing with Shannon Sharp. And even before, before that, everyone knew that Atlanta was tight in cap space. So the value for what the market was given was fair. I think it's not, I personally it hurts and I, you hate to see it happen like that. But like I, when you look at it objectively, that's a fair, what, fair what trade. Did, can you just elaborate on one thing you said there? Uh, you said he did the thing with Shannon Sharp. What did he do with Shannon Sharp? Uh, Sh- Sharp called him on the air. Julio didn't know he was on the air and he asked him if he was going to stay in Atlanta. And he said, no, I'm out of there. Oh Wow on air in front of, you know, it was when recorded. Did this so a couple weeks wow, ago. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't know he was on the air? No, didn't know he was on the air. And I wonder, too, if teams were playing a little bit of hardball knowing all that. Yeah. And Atlanta just was intent on doing something and took what they could get. Yeah, and I would have liked to them. I would have liked to see them because they did have other options. They could have. Um, restructured Grady Jarrett and signed their draft class. Um, they could have gotten rid of some other guys, and I would like to see them do that just so then that way, you know, they it was like they weren't like they were calling people's bluff. Like, yeah, we're fine. We'll hold on to Julio. Like, they, actually, they'd be bluffing because Julio wanted to be traded, and they were ready to get rid of him because I don't think Arthur Smith feels like he needs Julio Jones um, because in that offense they don't use a lot of receivers. And Calvin Ridley is going to be just fine. I would think they're going to, it'll be altered from what it was in Tennessee, though. I yeah. think you'll see more. But when you when you have Kyle Pitts and yeah uh, Hayden Hurst and Calvin Ridley, but I don't think it'll be center. as run heavy. So I think you'll see more wide receiver mm. plays mm-hmm. than than you did in Tennessee because Mike Davis is good, but he's not Derrick Henry. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
So I think that I mean I think they were planning on getting rid of Julio the whole time. I would like them see like I'd like to see them hold on a little bit longer, but at the same time, you have new general manager, you have a new head coach, and they're just ready to get going. You know, they don't want the, to deal with the headache of Julio Jones anymore. They don't want the media going around. I don't know if any of you guys saw Arthur Smith's press conferences, but he was just literally nonstop being asked about Julio Jones, even though he said he wasn't going to say anything about him. <clears throat> okay. So, so they were, I, I didn't realize they were getting – or there was such a concentration specifically on Julio Jones, and I can understand how that takes much-needed time and energy away from an organization that you know just drafted all these new guys, and they really need to – Right, they really mm-hmm. need to uh, uh, allocate that time and energy to these new guys and how they're going to integrate yeah. them into the, the you know the program. Yeah, so I think that's kind of that's kind of my take. Is it was a fair? It was time for they were ready to get Julio out of there, um, and this was the fair offer. I think they could have, like I said, they could have worked some things, freed up the cap space, held Julio until camp because you know someone's going to get hurt and what is going to want a wide receiver, and then the market goes up. Okay. Right? And then they could have probably gotten a first for him, I think, if they waited until later in the summer. So you're saying they could have but, rolled the dice, essentially, and, and just kind of played the field and found it yeah. somewhere else. Got yeah. It. All right. What do you think about people saying it's not very different from the deal they got from Mohamed Sanu, and clearly there's a difference in quality of wide receiver there? Definitely. And when you look at that, though, <laughs> the, the Falcons fleeced the Patriots, like, all right, so let's let's say two couple things. One, if you look at the value there, the Patriots were desperate for a receiver, and they really needed it at that point. And Atlanta had an excess of receivers, and um, so they traded a, they traded a second round pick for Sanu because that's what the market called for. And now, like I said, talking about the market, Julio Jones's market was so depleted. I think teams didn't need a receiver that badly going at this time. So. Can Calvin Ridley carry the load as wide receiver one? Yeah. yeah. If you've like when you look at his stats, he did it for a good amount of time last year. Yeah, that's without a good point. Julio, that's a really good in point. every game. In every game that he pl- Julio didn't play, Ridley had either a touchdown or a hundred yards, and b- both sometimes. So, yeah, that's okay. So that's I mean, you know what <clears throat> that that leaves some. Uh, I mean, that leaves some security. You know, understanding that. Calvin Ridley can carry that wide receiver one position because as we know with the Atlanta Falcons and I mean frankly with the entire NFL it's becoming it's not becoming it has become such a pass heavy league uh but the Atlanta you know mm-hmm. Atlanta Falcons have I think held that kind of offensive scheme much longer than many other teams you know you have like your Green Bay Packers Atlanta Falcons um let's you know let's uh I'd say New England Patriots, but you know they were kind of all over the place. They've always been able to, you mm-hmm. know, just dependent yeah. on the air. For but that. my point is, like Green Bay, Atlanta, they've always been very pass heavy. Always been very pass heavy, at least, you know, on this side of the millennium. In last ten, in last yeah, 10 the last years. decade or so. Yeah. Um. It was really Atlanta. Atlanta really started passing the ball once Michael Turner was kind of on the on the. the I down, remember that on the downslide, yeah. and they really. Never found a running back to replace him. It's hard to do. I mean, Michael Turner, he was a he was a horse. Yeah, he was one of the best running backs in Atlanta history as far as I'm concerned. He honestly, like, he made Matt Ryan's career, and that's a story for another time. But um, just having that run game as a rookie quarterback is huge. 
So, yeah, it sucks to see Julio go. Anything else you guys think? Just as far as that we should talk about or mention? It's too bad losing the leadership, too. I don't think we talked about. Was he? Le- I mean, do we know that he was a leader in the locker room or, you know, just on and yeah. off the field? Yeah, everyone. He he was one of those guys that's, that says, you know, see what I do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Just, just watch, watch me. Sure. And he always worked hard. He always, you know, took younger guys under his wing. Whether it was, I mean, he helped DBs out, like telling them, hey, like when you see this, like this is what's going to happen. This is what's coming your way. And just those battles that he had in camp with our corners, you know, that just helps everyone. Um, over the past year or so, though, he was really like away from, like he was kind of distancing himself. Um, they, they say, you know, there, there's been a lot of talk about him. Um, him and having kind of like a falling out when, when they originally tried to renew his contract and like everyone walked away unhappy. And apparently like there's been like slowly the relationship between Atlanta and Julio has just been like slowly declining. Got it. Then, so. Got it. Okay. So it, it was, it, it sounds like all things considered it was needed. I mean, one, they needed yeah. cap space Two, Julio is, you know, Jeff, kind of like you were saying about Matt Ryan, you know, he's, 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 he's getting up there in years um, Julio's getting up there in years too. You know, I honestly think that, you know, we'll see the end of Julio in two, three years, but, um, at, at least the end of Julio, Julio's greatness, right. In two, three years. And I think they had a falling out. I mean, you know, those three yeah. contributing factors, that's enough to say, Hey, you know, we need to just start rebuilding. Yeah. New, new coaches, new regimes. And when you ask, you know, people are asking uh, Arthur Smith, about Julio, and he said, honestly, he said, I don't concern my, myself with players I never coached because, he, you know, he had a couple – I don't even know how many conversations he had with Julio. He just knew he didn't want to be there. So he just was focused on his own guys, which is – I'm excited for. He When you look – when you watch Arthur Smith's interviews, he's laser-focused. He just wants to talk X's and O's. He doesn't want to talk about the BS and all the drama and um, – and, you know, as excited as I am for Arthur Smith and what he's going to do for this team, this is a really sad move for the fans, but it does seem like it was inevitable and really necessary for our team. Um, unfortunately, that's it for today. So I want to thank my co-hosts for joining me. Um, you guys can look forward to us beginning our breakdowns of positions, uh, the different positions on the Falcons roster. Again, this is Thon Ray. You guys can follow us at Falcons underscore drip on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please make sure you subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do to get the alert for our next episode. If you guys enjoyed today, please leave us a review. It always helps us grow. Until then, see you next time. Rise up.